Good evening. Post-Roll America wakes up to a new reality. A congressperson who praised Hitler gets Trump's nod in Illinois, and the Pride March in New York City returns after COVID. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Durienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, June 26, 2022. President Biden yesterday signed the first major federal gun control bill in 30 years into law. God willing, it's going to save a lot of lives, Biden said after signing the bill as his wife, First Lady Jill Biden, looked on was do something. I don't know how many times you heard that? Just do something. For God's sake, just do something. Well, today we did. While this bill doesn't do everything I want, it does include actions I've long called for that are going to save lives. Today, we say more than enough. We say more than enough. It's time when it seems impossible to get anything done in Washington. We are doing something consequential. If we can reach compromise on guns, we ought to be able to reach compromise on other critical issues from veterans' health care to cutting-edge American innovation and so much more. I know there's much more work to do, and I'm never going to give up. But this is a monumental day. To save a lot of lives. Thank you all so very much. And that's the president signing the bill there at the end. The gun control bill encourages states to pass red flag laws, closing a loophole, allowing some abusive romantic partners to purchase firearms and directs billions of dollars to mental health services. The legislation passed the Senate with the support of 15 Republicans and all 50 Democrats. It passed the House 234 to 193 the following day, with 14 House Republicans voting in favor of the bill. And on Friday, Vice President Harris called the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade a health care crisis that will impact the lives of millions of Americans, saying it calls to question other rights we thought were settled, including birth control, same-sex marriage, and interracial marriage. Opinion also says when you read it that abortion is not deeply rooted in our nation's history. They offer that, in the opinion, as a foundation for the decision they rendered today. In holding that it is not deeply rooted in our history, today's decision on that theory then calls into question other rights that we thought were settled, such as the right to use birth control, the right to same-sex marriage, the right to interracial marriage. The great aspiration of our nation has been to expand freedom. But the expansion of freedom clearly is not inevitable. Vice President Kamala Harris, echoing the president's comments earlier, she urges voters to elect people who will protect their rights. With your vote, you can act and you have the final word. So this is not over, the vice president added. On Capitol Hill, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade is outrageous, vowing a woman's right to choose and reproductive rights will be on the ballot in November. Pelosi says Republicans plan to ban abortion nationwide and must not be allowed to return to the majority. Be aware of this. The Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress to do that. But that's their goal. 
And if you read, and again, we're all studying all this, but if you read what is in the very clear, one of the justices had his own statement. It's about contraception, in vitro fertilization, family planning. That is all what will spring from their decision that they made today. Pelosi also criticizes justices who say in their who said in their confirmation hearings they respected legal precedent in court decisions. It's such a contradiction. Yesterday, the say the states <clears throat> cannot make laws governing the constitutional right to bear arms, and today they're saying the exact reverse: that the states can overturn a constitutional right for 50 years, a constitutional right for women having the right to choose. The hypocrisy is raging, but the harm is endless. With the right-wing anti-choice forces in the United States on the upswing, how does the country after half a century see the sudden erosion of a basic right? WBAI's Rebecca Miles spoke with Chris Hedges, and she files this report. The United States Supreme Court and its ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, a 2018 law that banned abortions after 15 weeks in Mississippi, officially overturned Roe v. Wade on Friday. Writing for the court majority, Justice Samuel Alito, in a 78-page opinion, said the 1973 Roe ruling and subsequent high court decisions reaffirming Roe must be overruled because they were egregiously wrong, the arguments exceptionally weak, and so damaging they amounted to an abuse of judicial authority. Reacting to this decision, Desi K. Robinson, Professor of Community Health Education. Well, I think it's a sad day. The decision, most of which was leaked in early May, means abortion rights will be rolled back in nearly half the states immediately, with more restrictions likely to follow. Missouri announced it had banned abortion, as has South Dakota. Chris Hedges, author of American Fascist, The Christian Rights War on America, a book written 16 years ago exposing how the Christian right was burrowing deep inside the American government to subvert and dismantle the wall between church and state, said there are broader implications. This creeping Christian fascism uh, has now, of course, taken complete control of the Supreme Court in a six to three majority. Uh, so Roe v. Wade uh, is high on the list. But remember that uh, the Supreme Court uh, only last Tuesday, for instance, ruled that Maine cannot exclude religious schools from state tuition programs. It ruled that a Montana state program to support private schools had to also include religious schools. It ruled that a 40-foot cross uh, could remain on state property in suburban Maryland. It ruled that the Trump administration could allow employees with religious objections to deny contraception coverage to women. It ruled that employment discrimination laws do not apply to teachers at religious schools, that a Catholic social services agency in Philadelphia can defy city rules and refuse to work with same-sex couples who want to take in foster children. It ruled that you can't sue police 
to neglect to provide you with Miranda warnings and then use your statements against you in court. It's just blow after blow. Uh, we're watching the state, our, our very anemic democracy, being hammered into a Christian fascism. And uh, if, as expected, the Democrats are uh, wiped out in November, uh, which I think even the Democrats expect, you will see both the legislative branch and the judicial branch join forces to create this monstrosity. And that is something that I saw many years ago when I reported for my book. I'm also, of course, a seminary graduate. I come out of the church. My father was a Presbyterian minister, so I'm acutely aware of how these people have perverted the Christian gospel to sacralize the worst elements of white supremacy, patriarchy, militarism, capitalism, racism, and bigotry. The rise of this homegrown fascism has been decades in the making, but it's now coming to fruition, and Roe v. Wade, I think, is perhaps one of the most dramatic examples of that. In New York, at the time of this broadcast, protest rallies over the court's decision are underway at Union Square and Washington Square Park. Rebecca Miles, WBAI Pacifica Radio, New York. Thanks, Rebecca. Protests have brought tens of thousands of Americans into the streets throughout the United States to protest the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. A group of black-clad marchers turned violent Saturday night in Portland, Oregon, smashing windows and scrawling graffiti on downtown businesses as protests continued to rage. In New York City, 25 were arrested Friday night as thousands marched from Greenwich Village to Times Square, protesting the court. But the massive outpouring was widely peaceful, mostly almost entirely peaceful. Here's some sounds. Some of the marchers told WBAI about their reasons for marching. Anti-fascism, my friend. Nice to meet you. I'm Lindsay Cat. I think it's a lot of things. I think it's worries about LGBTQ rights. I think it's worries about people being forced to give birth against their will. What did you feel when you heard the Supreme Court decision today? It was devastating. I think a lot of people became fearful that their human rights would be taken away from them, and they are. What's next? We galvanize. In support, because to be honest, I didn't think ahead to make a sign. So I wish I had a sign, but it is in support. What would your sign say? That is an excellent question, because I'm going to be honest, and I don't love the obscenities, but it, it, I have to say I, I have never been so embarrassed to be an American, and I think this has been the worst. I mean, I don't know that that would go on my sign, but it would, it would be something along the lines of this has been the worst week in American history. Some of the sound from the thousands who uh, participated in that protest here in New York and tens of thousands of others who protested in cities across the nation. F the court was a popular sign in New York on Friday night. Abortion is now illegal or heavily restricted in at least 11 states following that Supreme Court historic decision. Twelve other states have laws in place that pave the way to quickly ban or severely restrict access State laws banning or severely restricting abortion access fell into three broad categories. Trigger bans, which ban abortion under most circumstances, are going to affect with the fall of Roe. That's now. Two, pre-Roe bans, which are old laws still in the books that could now be enforced. And three, 
more recently passed laws that limit abortion to an early gestational age or bans it nearly totally. Some states have passed laws in more than one of these categories. And in more national news, former President Trump held a rally in Menden, Illinois, yesterday in support of Representative Mary Miller, who he's endorsed in her primary against Representative Rodney Davis, where he praised the Supreme Court decision. Uh, she praised the Supreme Court decision uh, made. Uh, pardon me. Trump praised the Supreme Court decision that was made possible by his three right-wing appointees to the high court. He also hit the January 6th committee investigating the 2021 riot at the Capitol by Trump supporters calling the testimony rhino-inspired lies, rhino referring to Republican in name only, opponents within the Republican Party to the Trump wing of the party. And uh, he also endorsed Representative Mary Miller, who uh, is seeking re-election, who immediately drew fierce backlash on social media during uh, for during that speech that happened on Saturday night, calling the Supreme Court overturning Roe as a victory for white life. On behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. It's not Miller's first brush with vulgar racism. In 2021, the GOP representative was closely connected to the Trump campaign's attempt to overturn the election, and she gave a speech on January 6th at the Capitol where she praised Nazi leader Adolf Hitler. Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. Our children are being propagandized. That comment prompted Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker to denounce Miller on that very same day. I want to address the unfathomable and disgusting remarks that the newest member of the Illinois congressional delegation made, Mary Miller. Let me be clear, Hitler got nothing right. This reprehensible rhetoric has no place in our politics. Illinois Republicans cannot allow this to stand and must condemn this vile, evil streak in their party. If Representative Miller was the least bit interested in history, she would visit the Illinois Holocaust Museum and Education Center to learn just how wrong Hitler really was. Miller's campaign said that the congresswoman misread prepared remarks at, a, at the rally that Trump held for her in Menden. Um, Miller spokesperson Isaiah Wartman said, you can clearly see she's reading off a piece of paper. She meant to say right to life. And there's a new organization making a claim to the legacy of the popular movements in the United States that won many of the rights of Supreme Court and people like Representative Miller are trying so viciously to dismantle. The veteran activists, many in their 80s and older, are banding together to fight to protect and extend Social Security. The Radical Elders Organization is comprised of those left-wing elders who, with intentional leadership by women and people of color, and it plans to announce its founding and program this week. Journalist Dave Lindorf spoke with WBAI earlier today. I'm activists, uh, leaders, organizers of uh, popular movements and organizations who are of a certain age, like basically people 60 on up. We've got about 120 members at this point. They're people who are still active in various issues. So Can you mention their names, some of their names? 
Alfredo Lopez, who is a founder of the Young Lords and a very active person in the Puerto Rican Socialist Party during the 70s here on the mainland. We have Julia Wright, who's from Rich Wright's family and is a poet and a activist in the prison abolition movement. And what is the purpose of coming together in an organization like this? What we initially want to do is give people a platform so that when they go to their own organizations that they are involved in, they can address how those organizations' concerns actually impact the elderly and can speak with the force of an organization that's going to, we hope, have hundreds or even thousands of these veteran activists in it. What are the number one issues? Social Security and Medicare, which are both under attack and will be under worse attack after the if things go the way they look like they're going to go in uh, the 22 election for Congress and Senate. The Democrats have allowed Social Security to languish and to be undermined by fake adjustments for the CPI. It's the benefits that you get on Social Security today are 30 percent less than in real dollars than what you would have gotten in 2000 because of those under adjustments. Meanwhile, Biggs, this guy, Andrew Biggs, was just appointed to the Social Security Advisory Committee by Biden. And he's from the American Enterprise Institute and was on Bush's Social Security Reform Commission that wanted to privatize Social Security. What the hell is that? Right. That's the Democrats. That's the best Democrats have going is to have a major proponent of privatization for Social Security on his advisory team. That's nuts. Uh, Tell us about the meeting. What should people know if they want to become part of this? You need to go to RadicalElders.org, our new website, and then on the top menu, there's a registration for the June 28th event, and you have to register. It doesn't cost a thing. It's very simple registration, your name, your email, and so on. And then you will get an email with a password so you can get on the virtual site of the meeting at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Journalist Dave Lindorf. And the annual Pride March meant to mark LGBTQ plus culture and life returned to New York City today. The march was canceled in 2020 for the first time in its more than 50 year history as COVID-19 brought public life to a halt. Last year, it was pared down to limit capacity with most of its events staged virtually. But this year, the coveted event returned with fanfares. People packed Midtown for the weekend's biggest event. And this year's New York City Pride Grand Marshals were Saturday Night Live cast member Punky Johnson, ACLU attorney Chase Strangio, social media star Tis Madison, transgender former NCAA swimmer Skylar Baylor, and Okra Project executive director Dominique Morgan. For the second consecutive year, Pose actress Angelica Ross returned as co-host and performer. There are many events in store for this month, which is Pride Month. On Friday in Tompkins Square Park, there was a drag queen event that featured Judy Garland. Oh, well, Judy Garland, uh, I believe the original Stonewall was inspired by Judy Garland's death. So uh, Judy Garland was a big uh, inspiration in the Pride community, and I'm very glad to be out here today. Why? <laughs> because she 
embraced everyone because she embraced the queer community. But today, in regards to what the Supreme Court did today, call herself because she always knew all of the leaders, and she would tell him to get his shit together and be a real leader and do something about it. And that was Judy Garland. Sorry for that. Something slipped by, but it was a great event of drag queens hanging out in Tompkins Square Park on Friday. And that's some of the news for Sunday, June 26, 2022. The news producer, Linda Perry. Our engineer is Max Schmid from, from New York City. I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.